It is the Brad and Brit cast winding up uh, what's been really a, a, a stellar week of exceeding mediocrity once more. <laughs> exceeding mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. right. I, I, I got I got to play. You're going to love this. This is a okay. great one. I love this. And, and, and if I was going to run through the list, yeah. uh, I would have headlined this one. My pillow guy gets kicked out of Walmart and whines. Oh, no. All right, so Lindell and his product have been dropped by America's largest retailer. They don't want him in there anymore. And Lindell, being the bright guy that he is, thinks that it's really smart to instantly start talking about this in public because, uh, as you know, this probably could bring walmart to its knees and and yeah. end its reign at, <laughs> yeah its it. success depends on my pillow yeah which you know they must have been hesitant about that product however long they carried it and i'll tell you why and and you know this is true you go into walmart's everybody goes to, they if they thought the my pillow thing was anything they would put it right there on the left side when you walk in you know they'll have charcoal they'll have yeah. snacks and, and if it's a hot set that, that they think it's something, yeah. they would feature it every once in a while, and they never did. They're, they they're never not, did. They're quite infamous for shifting stuff around. You know, they'll if, if something is hot, like you said, they'll they'll put it around, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll move something else out of the way. They, uh, well, they might test it. They might test putting it there. Maybe yeah. people don't think about it, and they go, "Oh well, uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll pick some up." So here he is. Uh, this is Lindell recalling his confrontation with the Walmart executive who said, we ain't never going to have my pillow again. Well, he didn't talk that way. Right. Um, because the my pillow product got low ratings from Walmart shoppers. Here's the clip. It's a winner. Here we go. It's just me and this the executive VP of Walmart. It's on there. Now, remember, the, the CMO said sales are fatiguing, which was a lie. This guy, I talked to him and I said, this will be your biggest product buy through in the history of Walmart. Just like my other three price points were. I said, we're going to give you a MyPillow at 1988. That's what you can retail it for in your store. And um, so he goes, I, he, all of a sudden he goes, well, no, we're not. We're gonna. We're not ever having my pillow again. He said, uh, uh, "You don't make the rating of four of a four. And I go, "What rating system?" And he goes, "I go, what are you talking about?" He goes, "Well, two and a half years ago, we put in a rating system." And I go, "What?" I said, "I'm high rated. I look it up. We're made it a five, a four, three point eight. These are just customer ratings." I said, "You do realize bots and trolls attack all the time?" And he goes. He goes, no, he says, well, we're canceling my pillow. And he had this smirk on his face. I said, goodbye. You're going to be all over the news tomorrow. And I slammed the computer. Uh, he lied, straight up lied. It was all a to slow play Mike Lindell. By the way, he was on the Steve Bannon War Room show, which is right. another topic to get to in a moment. But uh, that was some new pronunciation ground that was broken there. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, pronounce this word. It's uh, uh, it's when you uh, make a, a smart aleck face. S M I R K. 
smirk. You hear what he a, said? That's a smirk. Yeah, I heard what he said. He he, he said it was a schmirk. A schmirk. What 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 is that? Is that uh, George Costanza <laughs> saying it that way? What? Where did you get schmirk? <laughs> okay. <laughs> by, by, by the way, the the shirts come in large, medium, and small. <laughs> what, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah, he asked if I wanted to smear on my bagel, and I smirked. Of course, I do. No, see, it, it, in, in Lindell's case, it would be a smear, a smear. on your bagel, and then a smirk. but a smirk on your face. First of all, uh, you don't dictate price points to Walmart. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> you don't say. No, you I, haven't, say. I haven't heard that. I heard, <laughs> and I heard this because my 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 uh, my younger brother does lots of business with Walmart. He's right. in a business where he's working. He has to talk to them, and he has to talk to Costco and Target, and you name it. He's in there yes. with all of them. And and in fact, it's funny. He told me just a couple weeks ago. He walks in there, looks around, <laughs> and he says. You know, he's like Bob De Niro, okay? He's like Bob De Niro in the most Bob De Niro role. He says, hey, you want my shit in your stores? Here's what you're going to pay me for. And the people at Walmart say, yes, sir, Mr. Krantz, yes, sir. No, it couldn't be more opposite of that, okay? Because... They That's beat you up. They beat you up on price point. I mean, it's just the choice all the time. It's this, 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 and they get you down to like a tenth of a penny. And th th that's how they do it. That's how it's been forever. Right. But, but, but in the end, in the end, um, you know, everyone does business with them because it's still do. worth it to have, even if, uh, you know, and they're not the lowest priced place I mean, you know, for everything. But if you go out and go public with what just happened, I'm not quite sure you ever have to worry about Walmart coming crawling to you and begging you. Can we please have your my? Oh my God! People are asking for it all the time. Our business is down ten percent overall because people don't come in anymore. Because when they're buying the seven hundred eight thousand other things we feature, the one thing they all he he's so sick. The guy is just so sick. <laughs> Um, but here's the here's the uh, a broader point. This was said on one of the editions of the Steve Bannon War Room uh, podcast, and Bannon, who stands for the complete dissembling of every institution in the United States, that's his that's his shtick. I'm sorry, that's his stick. <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> that's it. That's just, that. That's what he wants to do, and Walmart is no different than the Democratic Party. Walmart is no different than the electoral system of the United States, which we want to fuck up and put Donald Trump back in there. Everything can be positioned as an enemy with Steve Bannon. That's how he works. There is a great piece, and I. Uh, spoke about it and spotlighted it on my Facebook page earlier today. There was a great piece last week written by Jennifer Senor in The Atlantic, and it's called Steve Bannon, American Rasputin. Well, I guess you don't have to read the article. I actually kind of get the point. Yeah. Um, but it really, really dives into the pathology of this very, very evil, evil individual. And as 
fascinating and, and horrible as it is to watch what's being shown to us in the January 6th hearings. Uh, Steve Bannon, who has decided that he would rather become a political martyr, a legal martyr, or whatever kind of weirdo martyr he thinks he's going to get by refusing to testify and refusing to cooperate, it just fits right in with what this guy's been all about for for a long time. And, of course, the, the uh, inner Bannon was, was unleashed when he associated with self, himself with Trump and you know we kind of know the the history but this uh this i guess it's a it's a video presentation it's not really just a an audio podcast at all and he does it i don't know if, i don't know if it's from his house or where the fuck he's doing it from uh and he got kicked off of youtube a couple years ago so it's not quite so easy to find but i'm sure the correct people see what he's doing and uh every day there's a new enemy Every day there's there's uh, uh, someone else who needs to be slain. Every day you get to position yourself as a victim. And uh, Steve Bannon and his followers, the heroes who will rescue you from that victimhood that you inhabit. And by the way, that explains January 6th in another way, because you know, that was kind of the, the culmination of this whipping folks up into this frenzy of you've been had, you've been hoodwinked, you've had the election stolen from you. Start lit, and it's it's really it's it's like reading about Scientology because there are like three levels of of uh, followers and committed people in the world of Steve Bannon. You know, and that inner if you're into that inner circle, you're dead serious. You're really dead serious. But the, victim, the, the victimization mindset is has been preached to the Republicans for a long time. It was just amplified a lot through Donald Trump. You're not doing as well economically as your parents. Well, it's the fault of these black people and these brown people and these folks over here and these guys and these guys. You can't win an election. Well, it's because they're they're, they're fraudulent in the election results. You're, that's the reason that your, your guy doesn't win the election. Not because he can't get enough votes. It's because they're stealing elections. I mean, it, it just goes over and over and over again. Let, let me... Uh, turn the coin over, because as you know, everything that that you say about them is always true about you in the world. Yeah. Of yeah. Public, right? Projection. What you just said, describing very well whatever conservative, Republican, libertarian, we don't need no government victimization is. Remember, that's been the the line that Republicans have used against government in terms of being any kind of positive force for the populace in general. And all the Democrats and liberals want is free stuff. They just want a handout. They want the government to do everything for them to fix their life. And so there is this just bizarre, weird balance, um, neither of which is 100% true. Uh, in fact, it's largely untrue on both sides, but all you have to do is find a, a few examples of it and you get trouble. But in the case of Bannon and his gathering up the victims of uh, whatever he's decided is the, the wrong that's been done to you this week, it involved an attempt to overthrow the government of the United States, mm -hmm. a seditious plot to undo the election. 
Or, and, or a legitimate political protest. <laughs> no, it's, it's legitimate political discourse. Oh, that's what that is. That's, that's what word. that is. Yes, that's what that, that is. That, that was the word. Um, so as the hearings continue on and uh, out in left field, refusing to come off the field and, and, and come into the dugout so that they can get their turn at bat, are still Steve Bannon and uh, Mark Meadows halfway. But Meadows started to cooperate, and he did give them a lot of shit, but then he mm. stopped. Okay. And uh, and then Navarro, the right? You've got to throw Navarro in there, too. He's not cooperating. Right. Uh, but uh, clearly this case is being made and can be made without those people. Okay, it it, 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 it it can be made and is being made, I think, uh, pretty well. But there is a there's an interesting question that hangs out there. It's been answered by a, a few different people way smarter than you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't read this or heard about this, but I always think of the Al Capone example where, you know, they didn't get Al Capone on racketeering or. Uh, breaking the Volstead Act and distributing alcohol illegally during the uh, Depression, or even for for the murders, they got him on tax evasion because there was there was like one guy, one guy in a room who who looked at what Al Capone was doing on his taxes and said, "This is not legal. He can't do this," and they they got him on that. So, in the case of Trump. It may be difficult, if not impossible, or at least difficult enough that Merrick Garland may take a pass on trying to get Trump in general for all of the things that we know that he's responsible for. But a good mafia boss, we all know, doesn't write things down, doesn't send texts, doesn't send email, tries to leave as little of a physical uh, trail of what he's done as as anybody so you're down to this you know what did trump know when did he know it and i can't believe that this would be an exonerating kind of defense but i guess it might be because you either think that donald trump is completely detached from the world and believed that he won in which case he's kind of certifiably insane Mm -hmm. and the corollary to that is he shouldn't be president again, right? Wouldn't you say that that, if you believe that, if your defense of Trump is that he crazily believed that he won the election and that he was robbed, then he doesn't have the mental capacity to be president again. So you, but there won't be consistency there, right? Mm-hmm. Because r- Trumpers will say, oh, I can believe two things at the same time. I can believe that Joe Biden won the election, but I also can believe that Donald Trump should be able to uh, run again. And because he believed it, that's okay. Okay, so so that's the problem, because you have to show that the person knew what they were doing was wrong. And Trump is a, a slippery fucker. And he and his family, or as the great, great investigative reporter David K. Johnson has made clear the last couple of days, this is not just Donald Trump. This is a family business. This is a multi-generational crime family. At least the Corleones only started 
right? They only started in Italy with Vito Corleone. That's where it yeah. started. The Trump family crime syndicate goes back not just to Donald, not just to Fred Trump, but Fred Trump's father. You're back in the 19th century in Germany when that family got tagged for all kinds of shit. So it's a it's a way of doing business. Now, again, if that's the defense of Trump, right, that he can't help it. He's a victim of his genes. Of course he believed that he won the election. And it doesn't matter how many people say they walked in and said, no, Donald, it, it doesn't matter. If that's his defense, of course, he shouldn't be allowed to run. So what do you get him on if you can get him on something? I think that the Al Capone income tax analogy for Donald Trump is all of this money that was raised for which there is no accounting, which was the mother of all slush funds in the history of political slush funds, the mislabeled bullshit. And Britt, let's play radio here for just a moment. Uh, I don't know how early in your career you worked somewhere or were aware of either your station or the station down the dial or maybe a local TV station using the word official in front of their weather forecast. Your official weather station, your official weather station, which means about as much as nothing. There is no <laughs> such thing as an official weather. Who's who decided anything? Of course, everyone's official. No one's official. It doesn't mean anything, but it sounds important. It sounds like you are something. And in the case of the raising of money by Donald Trump, they use that word official right at the beginning of the name of the group that they were. What, what do they call it? The, uh, the official Donald Trump Defense Fund or something like that. Right. I'm looking right. up here for just a right. second. It's right in front of me here. But the, first of all, that that's a dead giveaway that you're full of shit. OK. When, you're, you, you, when you feel you have to put the word official in, in front of uh, what you're, you're clear, clearly doing, which is, you know, just, just trying to rip people off. Uh, I'll get it here in a second. Yeah, here it is. Uh, the Official Election Defense Fund. Yeah. <laughs> Way to squeeze it. They didn't have his name on it. Um, yeah. So that's a clue that it was bullshit. Just looking at it. And then the other thing was... And, and I remember now, I don't know how many you got, but I think I showed a couple of these over the couple of years that um, they would always say, if you to contribute now, we'll match you six times X for the contribution to the Donald Trump. It was the reelection fund a few years ago. And then this. And with the Donald Trump official election defense fund, it was 10 times. If you gave $100, Britt, right, there'd be some, it would magically turn into, you know, $1,000. Jesus. Now, so I'm asking this question, and I'm dead serious. Who is that person out there? Who is that person out there who sits at home? They must be very wealthy. And they're saying to Trump, Trump, 
if you can get Brad Krantz or Britt Whitmire to send a check to you for $100, I'll send you 900 more. <laughs> now, I'm, of course, it's the, the most idiotic premise ever. And then my question then becomes, well, can't you just write the $1,000 yourself and quit bugging me? And Of course, the, the answer is because there is nobody doing that. But that's a standard technique of all flim-flam scam artists. And it's not just Trump. I mean, a lot of the uh, solicitations, the email shit you get, you know, send today and it'll get 3 x It's all bullshit. But, of course, Trump has to be the most over-the-top, the most grandiose, 10 times, 10 times your contribution to the official election defense fund. Um, so, theoretically, when... Kimberly Guilfoyle got paid $60,000 for speaking for two and a half minutes. The defense fund actually only paid her $6,000, and a mythical billionaire made up the rest of it, the other $54,000, just so that it would get to sixty. This is so stupid, I can't begin to tell you, but it's fraud. It's defrauding everything, ever. It's defrauding campaign finance laws it's it's defrauding the idea of everything you can ever think of and i think they could get him on that one i think that there's no defense of that there's no defense no defense. I mean, the, the word official just means i mean the 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 root word of that is office so what office does it exactly come from is what i would like to no. know they don't even uh, don't even give it the. Uh, I would like to know the, that. I would like to know to, to, to try to, to define the word. It doesn't mean anything. We have. Um, we can update. Well, what do you think story. of the? What do you think of the premise of that? That the, oh, they're not going to get him. Yeah, I don't. No, I they're, don't they're not. They're not going to be able to get him on what we know he's really guilty of, which is trying to overthrow the country, um, because they're not going to bring him up on treason charges, okay? Which is in the Constitution, of course. Um, which they should. Mm. Um, so they're going to get him on this very, very definitive procedural theft of hundreds of millions of dollars from people all across the country. And uh, I'm going to go with that one. I think that's what they're going to do at the Justice Department. They're going to, and it may not be sexy, it may not be quite as satisfying, but, you know. Uh, a felony is a felony, and uh, disqualifying Trump from running in 24 is disqualifying him no matter what they get him on. And um, I don't know how he disassociates himself from that effort because his picture is on every <laughs> on, on every poster, on, on every video uh, reproduction of the solicitation, every email that went out. It's him. OK, I'm Donald Trump and I approved this shakedown of stupid people. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's where I am on that one. Cause we can update one of our stories from yesterday. Uh, the count for Herschel Walker secret children oh, now up to three. Hello. We only had the one yesterday. Now there also appears to be one that he fathered in college. Who's a, would be in of course an adult now. And then there's yeah. a 13 year old in addition to the 10 year old. So we have uh, three, oh. three secret, uh, Herschel Walker children. Well, Britt, uh, I, I look at it this way. If you have three, then you've got yourself what we call a backfield. you got a quarterback you and you got you two running backs there. 
<laughs> I don't know how wow, that's great. What, what what are the details on that? I mean, did he have to be uh, pounded into submission to to uh, support those those kids too? Are these out of wedlock completely kids, or or was this while he was married for a minute? Or uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. The fact that you don't acknowledge your children. In, uh, well, he said yesterday he was extremely proud of all of his kids. So I think he's still very proud of all of them, even though he doesn't really acknowledge them or well, if, have their life. That's funny because if he if he used the phrase "all of them" when it was just one kid who's twenty two, and then the other one we found out about, but he used the word "all of them," that was a subliminal slip up to let you know that there are more than two Walker <laughs> children because you don't use the word "all" to describe your two kids. You, you just you never do. And both my oh. kids are the no. All of my kids are now. That's when you have seven. That's Walker's uh, Walker's campaign took umbrage with the notion that these children were being kept secret, citing a form he filled out in 2018 to yeah. join President Trump's Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. The form reportedly bears the names and ages of Walker's kids. The quote from Herschel Walker: "I have four children, three sons and a daughter. They're not undisclosed. They're my kids." I support them all and love them all. I've never denied my children. I confirmed this when I was appointed to the president's council on sports, fitness, and nutrition, which is like the most important thing that the president does. That is the most important uh, formation within the Oval Office, I think. Well, that certainly would give him a national security clearance under the uh, Trump administration rules. If, uh, you know what that means? I mean, Del I mean, Elvis got a badge. That's what that means. Basically, he gets a pen, he gets something embroidered on a shirt, and and go about your way. That's what that's what the Herschel Walker, that that particular council. As right. Walker disputed uh, the idea of his kids being undisclosed, he defended himself by insisting, "I just chose not to use them as props to win a political campaign." Well, that's a little problematic because the the 22-year-old, he has been using as a prop to win political campaigns and has been showing up in a lot of his advertisement. However, the other kids didn't quite make them into the commercials or into any of the flyers or anything of that. that. What parent you, you would know want those, their... You know, those, you, know, you know what the other three are called? They're What's called that? Tiffany's. <laughs> it's like a spare kid. See, Donald Trump has a daughter. And her name's Tiffany. You don't hear much about her. Uh, the Daily Beast, which has been on top of this, the reporter is on to note that the, based on available public evidence, Walker seems to hold a different set of relationships between all of his kids along with their mothers. Walker continues to face a great deal of public scrutiny between his false claims, concerns about his past behavior, and his penchant for bizarre statements. Well, so the Daily question. Are, yeah. are these four children from four different mothers? Yes, they are. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So you just don't understand what it's like to be a star athlete at the University of Georgia. Everybody was feeling all bad for Matthew Stafford. Oh, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. He finally won a Super Bowl with the LA Rams. Well, he, was, he had all kinds of uh, women thrown at him when he was at Georgia. You don't, you don't understand. Well, but here's the – Brett, the, this isn't – this is a 50-year-old Herschel Walker it having is. kids. This isn't, is. this isn't 22-year-old football star no. uh, you know, getting banged in the dormitory. Because they're all knocking on his door. I'll this isn't 1979 anymore. This is these what these are all kids that are like under 15. The, the three that uh, uh, we've just learned about, right? I, I'll tell you how strong you know the football thing is in Georgia. It's way bigger in Alabama, but in, in Georgia, it's so strong. The guy that just would step back three steps and hand the ball to Herschel Walker, that guy makes like six or seven figures a year as a sports talk host in Atlanta. His name is Buck Ballou. 
So the, even the guy that just stood back and handed the ball to Herschel Walker well, makes a if, lot of lot of money. If if I'm hearing you, then Herschel Walker's a victim. He, <laughs> There's a question. He is a victim of environmental pussification. Okay, <laughs> it's just there. Yeah, walk me through There's that. Nothing you can do about it. Walk me through the environmental pussification. All those liberals—they only want you to have one kid with one woman. I say no. I'm out there to populate the earth, like the Bible says, <laughs> and you guys can't handle it. And I'm having a great oh, relationship with my Trump, kids. Trump must be jealous yeah. of Herschel Walker because Trump's only had five children with three wives, and. Herschel Walker essentially is what we call, at least in this area, a hundred percenter. He's one kid, one mother, one kid. You know, he's four for four. You can't beat that. Remember, remember, four of a kind beats a full house every That's time. That's correct. That's absolutely right. <laughs> Speaking of Donald Trump, he is demanding equal time from the networks because uh, they're they're slandering. They're yeah. slandering him, and he wants to be able to spell out the massive voter fraud, Brad. And uh, he, I, on- I believe, <laughs> I believe, if he, of course, you know the answer to that. He's more than welcome to testify under oath, yeah, in front of the committee. He's more more than, and of course, yeah, you know, he will never do that. Um, and uh, this is, uh, by the way, I, I had that one as a, a, a little headline here right after the My Pillow Guy gets kicked out of Walmart and Wines. The next thing I wrote here was Don Wines and Demands Equal Time. So yeah. you, uh, you, you're channeling my thoughts, oh, great one. Um, as some Republicans are begging him to shut the fuck up about what happened in 2020 and the so-called fraud. No, and all no, that keep talking, Don. <laughs> keep going. He can't. He can't keep point going. toward the future or anything like that because he's still adjudicating the 2020 election. No, how bro, he got screwed. Keep talking. Keep. Uh, we want. We want to hear your your side of it. I want to hear. Wouldn't you love to hear him? Uh, run through the entire list just so far of people who, no matter what we think of them politically, uh, were were telling under oath what they knew, what they said, and what went on behind the scenes, much of which just confirms the good reporting that's been done for the last year and a half from Woodward and Bernstein on down through the system. wouldn't you just love to hear Donald Trump go one by one and and tell you who's a loser, who who, who was begging me for a job the whole time? It, it'll be the same stick. Oh, God. It'll be the same stick that, that uh, he's done with everybody else because his vocabulary and his attitudes are so constricted and limited to things that you've already heard that you've already heard him say. That Capitol Police officer, Caroline, whatever her name is, a very pretty girl, but kind of cuckoo, kind of cuckoo. You know, he could just, he could just run through every name that we've seen so far. Uh, I mean, on Thursday, as we've uh, been, been speaking, Judge uh, Ludwig, uh, Federal Appeals Court Ludwig, who if someone has better conservative credentials legally 
for the last 35 years, I defy you to name him, okay, right. or her, because this is a guy who uh, worked for let's 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 run off the uh, the numbers here. Ready, Reagan, mm-hmm. a pretty young guy. He was uh, appointed to the federal bench by George H. W. Bush. Uh, he worked for George W. Bush, and he is considered one of the stalwarts. He is a a full one hundred percent disciple of Antonin Scalia. I don't know whether he himself clerked for Scalia or whether all the uh, uh, people he had working for him then went on to clerk for Scalia. But but that's where this guy is, and he was almost in tears when I saw him earlier on on Thursday speaking of the reverence for the rule of law that Donald Trump was about to tear apart and destroy not just on January 6th but everything that he has been doing I mean this is the guy this this, this guy gets quoted all the time by the federalist people you know, he is that guy he's the one now I know Donald Trump might say never heard of him <laughs> don't know who the guy is. He's a loser. <laughs> loser. Loser. Um, so the story about Trump whining and that he demands equal time. So what would be equal time? Uh, let's see. Uh, two hours times six. So, Don, you got 12 hours, Don. Talk. Go ahead. Let's hear you. Keep going. Equal time. You got it. You That's got hilarious. It. Uh, and, and, you- and by the way, you've gotten more than equal time over the years. Count up the number of hours. You've been on Fox all these. You've got more than equal time. More than equal time. Well, he owns his own uh, social media platform. I mean, how, how uh, much more equal time could you want, right? I got you. Uh, I got you. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. Uh, the January 6th committee wants to talk to Virginia Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. We received a lot of information about how Jenny Thomas, over the course of this thing try to subvert justice she contacted various arizona legislators trying to get them to overturn the results in arizona uh she tried to whip up a frenzy when it comes to january the 6th she's done a lot of stuff and now the january 6th committee would like to talk to her about some of the things that she did to see if they are perhaps i don't know legal or not well you know it's it's getting worse i mean the yeah. the, the headlines are intensifying uh about her and her continued contact with uh, not just just Mark Meadows, but it, it's just it's just dreadful. It's just dreadful. And when you couple that with the fact that Clarence Thomas did not recuse himself from the two cases that the Supreme Court batted away, just like the 60 other uh, cases that were brought around the country. And Clarence Thomas was the uh, one in the eight to one decisions twice. You're supposed to believe, right? You're supposed to believe that he and his wife never talked about these things, that he knew nothing. He knew nothing. He was judging these cases just on their merits, and there were no political considerations as channeled through uh, his wife, even if it's just a an informal discussion over dinner. Okay? Uh-huh. you got to recuse yourself. And, of course, we're at the point now where if Clarence Thomas ever um recused himself then that would be an admission of something and of course what's rule one in trump world admit nothing right Mm -hmm. never never admit anything and you know the latest iteration of this 
is that she was having communication with that crank fifth-rate law professor goofball who looks like Professor Irwin Corey, John Eastman. Mm-hmm. What are you talking to her, her him for? You know? Well, what are you talking to him for? She, you know, she, she corresponded with him. Um, emails show that Thomas's efforts to overturn the election were even more extensive. This is Ginny Thomas. Uh, we don't have a lot of details on this yet, but uh, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Uh, she's talking to Eastman. Who else was she talking to? You know, was she talking to the Proud Boys? <laughs> you know, anything. At this point, would you be surprised? At this point, would you be surprised if she was actually no. talking with the Proud Boys or some of those other oh, groups? Of course no. not. I'd be, I'm now more surprised if she hasn't been talking. Correct. Uh, hadn't been, and um, you know, there's her biography. You know, she was in a cult. Along, you know, you've heard the story of how she she got out of the, the cult about uh, forty years ago. I haven't heard this. Oh, you haven't? Uh, no, I, I don't know this. Let's do this in real time. I want you to Google Jenny Thomas yeah. cult. I'm looking right now. Okay. See what you get. The untold story of her anti-cult activism is your top story on NBC News. Yeah. Uh-huh. She had a moment of clarity. She realized that the group that she had fallen in, in with was considered, uh, she considered a cult. That's what it says. Um and thought and sought to be deprogrammed from it. She said in decades old remarks obtained by NBC News, Thomas involvement with LifeSpring, L-I-F-E-S-P-R-I-N-G, LifeSpring, an organization advertising training seminars purporting to help participants unlock almost superhuman potential, left her wondering what was about her what, what it was about herself that allowed her to draw in. Her successful deprogramming, considered a controversial tactic, led her to become a vigorous anti-cult crusader. For years, she was deeply involved with the nation's largest anti-cult organization, assisting in setting up workshops for congressional staffers to combat groups like LifeSpring. When you come away from a cult, you've got to find a balance in your life as far as getting involved with fighting the cult or exposing it. She said, okay. this, to a, she said this to attendees at a 1986 Cult Awareness Network panel in Kansas City, Brad. All right. So what's the outgrowth of that? All these decades later, she's joined another cult. Yeah, she's been involved in this cult called Trumpism, and that's just the latest one that she's been involved in because she's been at the forefront of a lot of right wing bullshit. We won't call everything that right wingers and conservatives pitch for as cultish behavior. We'll, we'll give them a break. But as far as Trumpism and what she's done in the last few years, and certainly you know in the election cycle of uh, 2020 she's acting like a cult member because you wouldn't do what she did if you weren't some weird true believer in something that you've lost total control over having the ability to reason about so there you go. So apparently, Bert, she wasn't cured the way she thought she was. She wasn't as deprogrammed as she thought, or else, like uh, a lot of folks, they get cured of one thing that they're addicted to, and then they take up something else. Run to it, another. It, it, it jumps two, right in, you know. 
two debunked conspiracy theories Thomas referred to in the aftermath of the 2020 election were first embraced by QAnon. One theory involves claims that Democrats and other election officials were being arrested and shipped off to Gitmo. Another is the idea that President Trump had watermarked mail-in ballots so he could track voter fraud. In text messages to Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, in the days after the November 3rd vote, she wrote, ballot fraud co-conspirators are being arrested and detained for ballot fraud right now and over coming days will be living in barges off Gitmo to face military tribunals for sedition. Barges. So even, it, it, she, was, she was putting this out to Mark Meadows, who I believe was the chief of staff at that time, uh, for Donald John Trump. She also wrote, watermarked ballots in over 12 states have been part of a huge Trump and military white hat string operations in 12 key battleground states. So she was helping to perpetuate the craziest of the shit. She was helping to put that out there and perpetuate the craziest of the shit. Yes. 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 <laughs> We'd like to talk to you. We'd like to talk to you, Miss Thomas. We'd so like to talk to you. Exactly what you said here. Here is Jenny Thomas sort of getting sucked into the basic equivalent of a cult again, said one person involved with a 1988 anti-cult briefing for congressional staffers that she helped organize. <laughs> yeah, she's been sucked right back into another cult. That's exactly what's happened. But if you were to ask her or probably talk to her about that, she would be fully unable to have self-awareness and, and recognize that that's what's happened. But uh, those of us looking at what's gone on, we it is so obvious that there's, there's no argument. But she must not have ever thought or, or, or seen that or, or thought that the ends would justify the means and all the other things that you would do to... No, she would say that the Democrats are the cult. That's that's who the cult is, right there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're not a cult. You're you're fighting one. You're that's you're defending right. America against the cult. 